A Modern Game of Rugby Football from Rugby Football by Bertram Fletcher Robinson Read by Phil Benson This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org A Modern Game of Rugby Football a bleak enough appearance has the great yorkshire town on this december morning to which of the great manufacturing hives i refer is not of supreme importance for they all possess with due deference to enthusiastic tykes the same characteristics in towering chimneys innumerable smuts and huge barrack-like buildings from which pour the hollow murmurs or loud clangings of machinery there has been a nip of frost in the night but not enough to spoil the game so the telegraph at least has told our captain twelve o'clock strikes as we emerge from the station and pile our bags onto the hotel omnibus two of the committee men of the club we are to encounter have joined us and are now walking ahead with our secretary talking earnestly from the look of their backs i should judge that the gate is under discussion that they are pleased with the financial outlook after the three we straggle up the street laughing and talking amongst ourselves it is not far to the hotel and the old campaigners amongst us press on to secure the best rooms like the veterans that they are they have learnt to take matters comfortably between their battles by the time the young and inexperienced have climbed to the top floor these gentlemen having appropriated the rooms lower down are engaged in finding out the position of the baths and securing the keys to make doubly sure of obtaining priority in ablutions and the necessary quantity of hot water the kitchen boilers not infrequently give out under the strain put upon them and nothing is more disagreeable than a cold bath after an hour's roll in the mud by half-past twelve all these arrangements are concluded and the majority of us stroll out to inspect the town not that there is much to be seen it's all rot calling this place a busy hive says one of our men to a friend who has ventured upon that metaphor the men may work like bees i admit that but no bees could stand this smoke they would have their toes in the air in about three seconds however if there is little to be seen we have the satisfaction of knowing that we attract considerable attention the great welsh forward stalks along a giant in our midst the sinusure of neighbouring eyes broad in the back lean in the flank with a small head well set upon his great shoulders he looks the tower of strength that we know him to be god bill we hear one little boy remark to his companion as we pass with that profanity which is the most manly of qualities in the youthful mind suppose he was to fall on you then there is the broad scotch laddie who so rumour hath it wore football jerseys in the nursery and was playing three-quarter for his country at an age when most boys are struggling with the pons asinorum best known of all perhaps are the three thick-set english internationals who figure amongst our forwards their mighty deeds are familiar to half the passers-by and those who recognise them stop and look back and criticise in whispers amongst such a goodly company we who are as yet unknown to fame feel that our feet are upon the bottom rungs of her ladder basking in the radiance that springs from these heroes we become more confident and walk with a firmer step for when the demigods are with us 
how can the might of man prevail at one fifteen the team assembles for lunch in the hotel cold beef and beer are provided in no stinted quantities after the beef is disposed of cheese is placed on the table and two men help themselves in a hesitating manner but the captain's eye is upon them of course you men can eat what you like he says severely but in my opinion to play football on cheese is well is the very deuce the argumentative member of the team joins in at once nothing of the sort he says it digests the other food but it doesn't digest itself says the captain and the men who have taken the cheese put it ostentatiously at the side of their plates and call for butter but the argumentative man is not to be beaten like this my dear fellow he says you're a crank on training waiter bring me the cheese and he helps himself to a chunk the captain makes a short reply which is scarcely worthy of minute description remember you gentlemen who row or run training is almost unknown on a rugby tour and it is only enthusiastic captains who ever try to interfere with what the men eat or drink at the same time i speak from painful experience cheese is the very deuce as our friend the captain tells us and so will the argumentative man find out by half-time this afternoon but advice is a waste of words to a man of his temperament at half-past two we retire to our rooms and in a few minutes reappear in the workmanlike outfit of an english football player jerseys or rather stout vests over which warm woollen sweaters are drawn a blazer of the club colours a good thick scarf twisted around the neck football shorts of blue serge without a belt or any such dangerous contrivance for keeping them in position stockings and boots with stout leather bars across the sole to keep us from slipping one or two of the forwards come down swinging ear-caps in their hands these are contrivances for keeping the ears close to the head it not infrequently occurs that a player has his ears pulled forward and injured by the pressure of the scrummage small blood vessels are broken and the ear becomes swollen and disfigured these ear-caps prove to a certain extent safeguards against such accidents as we stand waiting in the hall the captain addresses a few words to us he is a fine player and an international himself so that what he says is worth hearing a captain who leads his men and explains by example is worth a hundred captains who go behind and shout their directions the ground is fairly dry he says though it will probably break up and turn muddy later on when our feet have churned it up a bit anyhow we are strong behind and i want you to play a loose game spread out when you dribble tackle hard and when you do heel out heel out clean don't let the ball trickle out of the scrum so that their half gets to it as soon as does our own that's about all that i've got to say the drag with its four horses comes rolling up to the door we jump in and away we go i always used to feel when driving to the ground in a yorkshire town as if i was a member of say the light blue troop of knockabout artistes for one matinee only on this occasion there is undoubtedly a suspicion of the circus about us we are perched up on the drag in our conspicuous club colours and driven by i cannot but believe to be a most roundabout route to the ground as we pass the whispering groups of spectators i instinctively call to mind the procession which promenades the town of a morning 
to advertise the arrival of the show every time our driver cracks his whip he seems to be saying here they are gents as fine a lot of well-growed young uns as ever you saw walk up walk up they're just a-going to begin however we get to the big gates at last and pass through a long avenue of interested though somewhat grimy faces to the pavilion into whose shady depths we plunge with a sense of relief then for a quarter of an hour or so we lounge about the younger members of the team experiencing that indefinable sensation of nervousness which is described at the universities as getting the needle we do not go out onto the ground for that would spoil the entrance the game is to be partly football remember and partly a knockabout entertainment like the circus troupe we have the spectators to think of and as it would never do for the bareback rider to practise his tricks while the gallery was filling so our agile three-quarters must not cavort about the ground until time is up and the seats are packed with the audience however all things come to an end in time and presently our captain who has left us returns with the news that he has won the toss and that we are playing with the wind you must do all you know at first he says and try and hang on afterwards the wind is strong but it may fail a bit after half time a minute later and our wraps are off the doors swing open and we walk on to the field of play there we stand the gladiators of the nineteenth century coliseum the great multitude wraps us round with its dark embrace a silent crowd some twenty thousand strong rising tier on tier above us there is something so businesslike in the concentrated stare of those forty thousand eyes that an ancient roman could he be placed amongst them would probably express surprise that we did not turn to the central stand and cry the morituri te salutant to the committee a young undergraduate who has never played in the north before turns to me half in jest and half in earnest and says i don't like this old chap i feel as if i couldn't run away i tell him that i quite agree with him but our talk is interrupted by a mighty shout that goes echoing away into the distance what is it ah the home team conscious of their popularity the men come skipping and jumping onto the field throwing the ball they bring with them from one to the other and playing the practical jokes which are the average englishman's idea of humour fifteen strong square fellows hard as nails all of them short and dark for the most part such as the yorkshire towns breed a race apart from their tall fair broad-shouldered brethren of the dales three of them indeed are of the latter class immense towers of muscle and brawn but they are the exception and quite dwarf their sturdy companions they have the right to kick off and presently a tall forward steps from amongst them and places the ball on the centre line our men fall back into their proper positions their forwards line up and stand like greyhounds or rather terriers in the leash there is a cry and an answering shout from our captain the tall forward takes four short paces and the ball shoots into the air as if from a mortar not a long kick perhaps but high as a kick-off should be the forwards rush up under it at full speed the crowd cheer wildly as well they may for has not a game commenced between two teams of no little repute in this football world of ours it was a near thing 
the forwards were almost upon our wing three-quarter when he caught the ball but they had no raw recruit to deal with the first and the second man he dodges and then punts high into the air the tables are turned with a vengeance the wind catches the ball and carries it along toward the opposite goal while under it speeds the fleetest foot in cambridge a yorkshire three-quarter catches the ball but as he does so he is hurled over and the pair roll on the ground together while round them swing the opposing packs of forwards let the men out is the cry and out they both crawl and trot quietly back to their places the ball is rolled by a half under the arch where the front ranks of the bending forwards meet and the scrummage has commenced what have i been doing nothing much up to the present but now i find myself in the third row of the swaying mass we have managed to get the first shove which being interpreted means that by driving the enemy back we have obtained the ball it is now passed back by the feet of the front rank to the second rank and i can see it as i lean in the scrummage just before me so i shove steadily ahead are we to heel out no we are rather too far from the enemy's goal line our captain thinks and he gives no sign they are holding us now and we make no headway we must change our tactics and try to screw them which translated from football dialect means that we must try and push them off the ball so that they will pass by us on the one side while we dash on with it at our feet on the other to the right whispers our leader at the word the men in the front rank begin to push steadily towards the left while we behind shove slightly to our right keeping the ball in our midst the screw is on this occasion at least successful our opponents pressed out of the direct line for the moment sweep back our front rank to the left but the yorkshiremen have not got our whole scrummage routed before them as they think quickly we on the right slip by them and before the majority can see what has occurred five of us are free from the scrummage which is now in a state of utter confusion and are away down the field a half-back makes an ineffectual dash at the ball but misses it there are but two opponents immediately before us now a three-quarter and the full-back then our leading forward who has the ball at his feet loses his head as the three-quarter comes dashing up he kicks past him but alas he kicks too hard in an instant their full-back has pounced upon it and we rush at him only to see the ball go sailing over our heads into touch behind our backs awful sorry grunts the culprit and we trot back to the touch-line in not the most pleasant frame of mind imaginable mark your men there cries their captain as we line up in two parallel rows at right angles to the touch-line for it is our ball and our half will have the right to throw it out to us away it flies fair and true about half way down the long line our huge welsh friend leaps at it and has it in a moment will he get through no a little yorkshireman has him round the thighs and rolls him over as if he were a baby round them we sweep and another scrummage is formed let the backs have a show whispers our captain for a second time we get the ball and then those behind straddle their legs an inch or two wider and out it rolls propelled by a backward kick right into the hands of the half waiting to receive it like a flash he is off travelling however but a few yards before he transfers it to his companion who is running on his right away goes number two 
taking a slightly slanting direction and drawing the tackle of the three-quarter and a half in front of him. As these two rush at him together, he again passes the ball. A gap has been left in the enemy's line of defence, and in an instant our Scotch three-quarter, who now has the ball, dashes through. Away he speeds down the field with a capital start. He has only the back to avoid, and two of our men are in close attendance on him in case he should find himself in difficulties. Out shoots the back, and sends him staggering to the ground a dozen feet away, but his effort, though magnificent, is vain, for the Scotchman has thrown the ball to one of his companions, who runs in and grounds it between the posts. There is a low murmur in the crowd, and the light of battle glows in the eyes of the Yorkshiremen, as they walk sullenly into goal, and line up, ready to make a dash at our captain, who is elected to take the kick himself. A half strolls out with the ball under his arm, and turning his back to the enemy, digs a substantial trench with his boot heel. Then he drops flat on the ground, and holding the ball at arm's length, looks up at his captain, who stands but two paces away. "'How's that?' he says. "'About right?' comes the answer. "'No, a bit straighter, I think. That's it. Put it down.' The ball is placed in the hole. Our opponents rush out with a shout, but it is all in vain. The ball rises fair and true, passing between the posts about six foot above the bar. The referee blows his whistle, and back we trot to the centre line with a goal to our credit in the first twelve minutes. Not a bad performance, that, gentlemen. But we must look to our laurels. These sturdy bulldog men mean business now, and no mistake about it. A jeer or two is heard from the crowd, which tokens of contempt they receive with rather ugly looks. Off flies the ball, and under it race their forwards upon one of our luckless wing three-quarters, who stands waiting to receive it. The wind catches the ball, and it hangs in the air. Will it never come down? Yes, at length it falls, but falls too late. The tykes are on our man, and over and over he rolls. One of them whips it up and dashes on, but see, speeding across the ground comes our Scotchman. Two of their men are close together. Surely, if the first is tackled, it will avail us little, for he is already preparing to pass the ball to his companion. But no, at his topmost speed, and he has weight as well to back him, the Scotchman takes them both, an arm for each, and over go the three in a struggling heap, while we, who are in hot pursuit, swing round behind the ball save this time yet we are in our own twenty-five and perilously near our goal and now for some fifteen minutes we struggle desperately to guard our lines time after time our halves throw themselves onto the ball under the feet of their advancing forwards time after time our backs perform prodigies of tackling and kicking but in our twenty-five we are forced to stay and there we remain until the whistle proclaims that the welcome half-time has arrived. Out comes a plate of sliced lemon, and many of us are glad enough to suck the acid juice, for the work has been of no light order. Our captain strolls around, looking rather pleased with himself, but anxious too, for he knows that the real struggle has now to come. A few hacks and a cut or two have been received, but no accident of a serious nature has yet occurred. The minute or two of waiting soon passes, and we line up again for the play. 
we have the kick-off against the wind but our captain is not so successful as the yorkshiremen were at their last attempt under similar circumstances the ball keeps low and their centre three-quarter has ample time to catch and return it with a long kick into touch before we can reach him at the line-out an incident occurs which raises the wildest enthusiasm among the crowding masses who watch the game we are not far from our twenty-five and so our half-back throws the ball to a stalwart forward standing but a yard or two out who is however marked by a still more stalwart yorkshireman one of the men from the dales that i have mentioned our man springs and catches the ball but in the twinkling of an eye he is hurled to the ground by his gigantic opponent with quite unnecessary violence the crowd cheer loudly you must not be surprised at that remember please that half of them have come in the hope of seeing a bit of scrapping and greet its appearance with all the enthusiasm displayed by spectators at a cricket match when a ball flies out of the ground for six but more is yet to come the ball has again rolled into touch and their half-back out of pure bravado drops it again just where the two frowning combatants are standing this time the yorkshireman receives it and in an instant thirteen and a half stone of bone and muscle flies at him like a cannon-ball down he goes with a crash as the oak falls to the woodman's axe to use a metaphor from friend virgil the yells are deafening a hoot or two may be heard but the vast majority of the shouting is congratulatory applause we are strangers from the south and since no cup is to be lost or won and no betting on the event has taken place the spectators do not seem to mind very much which side gets the worst of the rough play all they ask is that an occasional bit of the aforesaid scrapping shall occur not a very exorbitant demand after all as things go nowadays a collarbone has snapped and the injured hero walks off the field nursing his arm and using language which i'm sure he will regret in his calmer moments for some time the game sways backwards and forwards but is on the whole of a very even character at length however our forwards begin to slack their work in the scrummage and slowly we are pushed back past the half-way line past the twenty-five line so that we are almost on our goal line here we pull ourselves together for a desperate stand and in scrummage after scrummage gain a little ground but it is our last effort the ball is heeled out to their half and our three-quarters dash forward to mark their opponents yet the wily half does not pass but runs himself between the scrummage and the touch-line and drops over the line amid a roar of cheers from the sea of waving hats and sticks however we have not much to fear for the kick is at a most difficult angle we watch the half-back carry out the ball and stand in line like runners ready for a hundred yards dash he has put it down out we rush but stay we were over-eager he's done nothing of the kind no charge shouts the referee and we have to remain in goal while the half-back arranges the ball in the hole he has made for it without further fear of molestation at last the kick comes a mighty one and well directed but the wind carries the ball aside and no goal is the cry come on you men play up says our captain and out we run to the twenty-five and off goes the ball spinning through the air towards our opponent's goal 
blood is up on both sides now and the hardest of tackling and the fiercest of dribbling is in full progress our full-back catches the ball but before he can kick it he is knocked head over heels and slightly sprains his ankle another of the players order combat our opponents have been playing one man short but matters are now equalised what is to be done take a forward out of the scrummage says the captain looking rather blankly at us as we stand grouped around him i wish you would let me go back for a time says one of the most stalwart of us six feet one in his boots and forty-four inches round his chest he's a fine tackle and a fair kick but it seems hard to lose him in the scrummage it's just this he continues dabbing his head sorrowfully with his handkerchief i've got a nasty cut in my head and i'm making a beastly mess of everybody in the scrummage besides hurting myself infernally every time i go into it oh very well says his commander and the game proceeds and now occurs an incident that will never be forgotten by any one who witnessed it the yorkshiremen start a beautiful passing run down the field they are round our scrummage before the forwards know anything about it by brilliant passing the ball is carried past our halves and three-quarters although in so doing the hard tackling grasses all of the runners save one a burly man with a great reputation for a decidedly forcible style of play our full-back was a light man of no particular ability this our friend the yorkshireman knows and forgetting that a change in that position has been effected he makes no attempt to dodge but charges straight down on the player before him trusting that his strength and pace will annihilate him our man nothing loath meets him in full career there is a crash as of a railway collision without exaggeration it may be heard by the spectators in the uttermost parts of the field and still stood all who saw them fall while men might count a score then up goes a shout that rends the listening air it was a most gallant tackle and there is no one who does not cheer the pair as they rise blown it is true but otherwise none the worse for the encounter nothing more occurs till the call of time and we leave the field winners by a goal to a try such is a short account of a rugby union football match as it would be played under modern rules in the year eighteen ninety six perhaps i have been unfortunate in describing a game in which two accidents occur to those who know little of football i will therefore say that for two to take place in one match is a most unusual occurrence that the scene could scarcely be laid in a yorkshire club ground is a fact unfortunately true since the formation of the northern league but such a battle could have occurred in that great football county not so very long ago when disunion was not thought of as a matter of practical politics end of a modern game of rugby football by bertram fletcher robinson